0: And this morning we have a woman. I know all of you have been waiting for this woman. I've been waiting for this woman. you know. And um, her name is Hannah. So before we dive into Hannah's story, I'm just quickly going to pray. And let's prepare our hospital sisters, because I believe the Lord is going to speak to us. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to us. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this beautiful morning. Thank you for helping us to worship you. Thank you, Lord, that we can so enjoy in your presence we can celebrate you because you are an amazing God there is none like you Lord we commit this word to you Lord we pray that uh, you will speak to each one of us may there be no disturbances may there be no technical difficulties or challenges but we pray may the word be like a seed that is sown into our heart that will bear great fruit even in this season we believe Lord Jesus that you will bear fruit through us Lord and you will get all the glory and honor and praise we pray this in your precious name Lord Jesus amen and amen all right so we're going to dive into the story of Anna another beauty about the story of Anna is almost the narration the narration of this uh, story is in such a way that there is so much packed in so much packed in so we're going to just look at some verses and some key phrases that I hope we can pick up you know, those may not be our central points or main points, but there are some beautiful nuggets in uh, Hannah's story. So let's look at Hannah's story appears in the first book of 1 Samuel, the very first chapter. Uh, so Samuel wrote, uh, there are two, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. This is 1 Samuel chapter 1. And this is how it opens. Okay, It says there was a certain man from Ramathim, a man named Elkanah. Okay, and all his uh, family names are there. And then verse two is something where Hannah comes in. Says he had two wives. Okay, now just to let you know, we are living in Old Testament. All right. So Elkanah had two wives. One was called Hannah, who's the first wife, and the other was called Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Okay, now this is how the story opens. So there the curtains go up. And we are introduced to a man named Elkanah. And Elkanah is from the tribe of Ephraim. And um, he is uh, a good man. I'll I'll tell you, you may say for about two wives. I'll come to that. But um, we are living in Old Testament. I mean, right now, the story is an Old Testament story. So let's transport ourselves to the Old Testament. And we need to understand that a woman's identity was in bearing children. If a woman did not bear a child or a son in particular, the woman's life was unfulfilled. You know, it's, it's like it was a given that every woman should bear a child. That was her primary role in, uh, we, we are now looking at a story that is 3000 years before, uh, from now, 1000 years before Jesus' birth, right? And uh, this, was, this, this was, this must have been so heartbreaking. And as we move ahead in the story, you will realize how heartbreaking it was. For Hannah or for any woman in that time, we cannot imagine their agony and pain of not bearing a child. I'm not saying that now it's any less, but there was such society pressure, such society pressure. And because Hannah was not bearing a child, in all probability, Elkanah would have gone for a second wife. Because what the Bible does tell us was Elkanah was a good man. He loved Hannah, even though it was Penina who was giving him children. And it was mandatory because of the tribe and the race and the lineage that has to go ahead. But Elkanah was a very compassionate man. He loved Hannah. He supported Hannah. He never pressured Hannah. He said, "So what if you don't have children? You have me, and I have you, and we love one another." And what a supportive husband he was, you know. In those times, it was it was so easy for him to say, "You're not bearing child. Yours, divorce. Get lost," you know. And nobody would have objected in this society. Especially in this time, we are living in the time of judges, mind you. It's almost judge. Samuel is called the last judge, right? So it's the it's the judges period where Israel has backslidden very badly. And yet in all of this, you find a man of God. Elkanah is a man of God. And we will see again how we know he's a man of God a little early, later. But Elkanah did have a second wife. Maybe his family pressurized him or what, we don't know. He wanted children so he married a woman called penina now penina was a you know child printing machine she has children already in fact at this point in the story she has four children minimum we don't know how many she had but it says she had sons and daughters both in plural so at least four at least four you know and penina because she knows that elkana loves Hannah. okay now this is a classic love triangle if you watch love triangles in Hindi movies of the seventies and eighties, you know, this is a classic love triangle. She is the one who's bearing child and yet her husband is loving Hannah. So now this creates tension between uh, Sautan, you know, the two, 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 two women and Penina starts troubling Hannah. She starts uh, hinting Hannah and hurting her with her words and trying to, you know, constantly provoke Hannah and make her realize that she's a barren woman. And Hannah knows this, Hannah knows this, that she is barren. The problem is not Elkanah, mind you. Okay, because if the problem was Elkanah, then how is Penina getting children? So the problem now is diagnosed with Hannah. She is a problem and all she can think of at this moment is a child. Why am I not bearing a child? Why can't I? And there must have been so many doubts in her head. You know, she would have avoided social gatherings and parties because people would have constantly asked her. At this point, it's probably 10 years into marriage and Hannah's not bearing a child and age is catching up and she's getting tensed. And at this point, uh, 1 Samuel 1 verse 9, the Bible tells us that Elkanah, and like I said, because Elkanah is a godly man, he often took his family every year, in fact, to Shiloh. Shiloh was where uh, they would go and celebrate a festival and eat and drink. And every year, faithfully, he would go and uh, place his sacrifice there. And that's what they did as a family. So Elkanah led his family very well in the Lord. So the whole family would go, Penina with her children, uh, whoever the older Lord and Hannah. And this is what happened now. Okay, this is once upon a time. This is what happened. Once where they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now, Eli, the priest, was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. So this is a painted picture that we are getting. Hannah gets up. We are not told she's eating or drinking. And I'll tell you a little more about that. This could be even a prayer and fasting season for her. She gets up. She walks to the, she approaches the temple. Obviously, women had a, a certain parameter beyond which they could not go. And so she goes and stands as close as she can to the temple. And this is the verse. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. It says, in her deep anguish, Anna prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. She is now to the point of, you know, no return. She just takes a huge uh, step of faith. She gets up. She is in such pain, deep anguish, weeping bitterly, and she prays. So similar to Hezekiah, by the way. You know, Hezekiah used the same words, remember me. He prayed, he wept bitterly. So it seems like, you know, these two stories are so similar. And now she goes and she cries out to the Lord. She says, Lord, I want a child. And if you give me a child, if you look upon me with favor, then I promise you, I will give him back to you. I will commit him to you. And um, also I promise that I will have a Nazarite vow fulfilled through him. So I will not let a razor touch his head. Now, in Samson's case, for those who were there last evening, it was the Lord who instructed. But your Hannah has chosen to devote her son, an unborn son. He's not there right now, right? By faith, she has said, if you give me a son, I will dedicate that child to the Lord. That was Hannah's prayer. It's an intense prayer. And I wish we can paint that picture in our head. You know, she is, uh, I will look at what more the scripture tells us. There she is weeping bitterly. She is crying. Brothers and sisters, a season of prayer and fasting can sometimes be a season of mourning. And Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Hallelujah. I love this verse. Look at what it says. He says, God keeps track of all my sorrows. And to paint a more vivid picture, it says, you have collected all my tears. In your bottle, you have recorded each one in your book. What a mind-blowing verse this is. Hallelujah. When you and I shed tears, maybe no one's watching. You were in your bathroom. You're frustrated. Your wait has been too long. And you wept. Mind you, brothers and sisters, we have a God who looks at us like we saw in Hezekiah's story. Amen. He sees us. He hears us. And he collects our tears in a bottle. Can you find a God like that anywhere? Show me one scripture in any scriptures under the sun where you see such intimacy, such care, such love. Hallelujah blows your mind, doesn't it? And so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. If there is any burden on your heart, if you are weighed by anything, anything is weighing you down, I want to encourage you. Brothers and sisters, remember, we have a great example in Hannah. We can come to the Lord and know that your every tear is precious to God. He's bottled them. He's bottled them. It says it, He has recorded every prayer of ours in his book. Amen. For those who love diaries, I am a diary man. My wife will testify. You know, everything goes in the diary. And there's one rule in our house. If it is in the diary, it is done. It is done, right? Yeah. Now that is me, human. But imagine God says, I have written it down in your diary. So he opens a diary. He says, okay, this is diary uh, Nikita. Nikita has written on the diary. Nikita sheds a tear. God writes it down. Brothers, that's the intimacy of God's love. Hallelujah. Can't overstress that. But we'll move on because there's lots in the story. Okay. And this is what it says. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. Amen. Amen. That is the beauty of prayer and fasting. You know, it's, it's a short term, 21 days. We are saying, Lord, we are going to sow in tears. We are going to cry out to you. We are going to reach out to you. We are going to hunger for you. Because we know, we know this is not just some religious activity. This is sowing. Hallelujah. Praying, fasting and giving. All three you will see in this story. I'll, I'll come to that. You will see that when you sow in tears, you will reap with songs of joy. Hallelujah. That's the promise from God. And so I want to encourage you. Let's be passionate about prayer and fasting. The story moves on. And again, we see Hannah's desperation. It says, as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli, who's the priest right now, he's the big priest. He's a good man, by the way. Eli is not a bad man. Uh, his sons are terrible, but Eli is a good man. It says, e- Eli observed her mouth. Eli is just watching what this woman is doing. He doesn't know who Hannah is. And Hannah's praying. Her lips are Shivering. Like literally, you know, it's just going up and down. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. It's amazing how God is painting this picture in the scripture. And it says, therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. How, how sad, you no? Know, how sad. But you must understand, we can't even blame Eli completely because Israel is in that place. They have forsaken God. Eli's sons are terrible. They are operating as priests, but they are sleeping with the women and they are, you know, eating into the offering that was supposed to sacrifice to God. So Israel has, if I may use the word, gone to the dogs. You know, Israel is in a terrible place and Eli says, here, here it goes. Another drunken woman has come and she's trying to do all this natured. So Eli has judged her. Sadly. Sadly, Eli has judged her. While the Lord is looking at the heart, yeah, the The priest is looking at the actions, you know, outward actions, and he rebukes her. He rebukes her. Eli said to her, how long will you be drunken? Put away your wine from you. He must have screamed at her. He must have shouted at her, spoken to her firmly. What is amazing is Hannah's response. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Even though Eli is wrong, she recognizes that he's a man of God. And uh, probably he's simply judging on what is happening around. But Hannah's response will blow your mind. Hannah said. Hannah answered I said, No, my Lord, no. I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I'm in pain. But look at the respect he's giving this man of God. He says, I have drunk neither wine nor any strong drink, but have poured my poured out my soul before the Lord. Hallelujah. What words these are. What words, brothers and sisters? This is I have poured out my soul. This is not the first time that it's written. Later, a psalmist would write this. "Who would say, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Hallelujah. This will be much later in Psalms. you know. And uh, most of the Psalms were written by David and his musicians. So this will be much, much later. But Hannah was setting a trend. She was saying, I can pour my heart out to the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's wonderful, right? Because she believes... God is my refuge she believes that she says I'm just simply expressing my heart to the Lord and very quickly uh, Amen Eli realizes he's wrong so it says uh, look at what she says she, look at her explanation is so beautiful she says do not take your servant for a wicked woman I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief my goodness, these words just doesn't end, don't end. No, it's just grief, anguish, weeping bitterly. You can just understand the tremendous pressure that Anna is in. tremendous pressure. And now Eli realizes he's wrong. So Eli answered, "Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked him." Amen. I love that he's a he, he's a he's a judge right now, Eli. He's a man of God and he quickly prophesies. He says, go in peace, my girl, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And look at this. Hannah takes that word straight into her heart. She says, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then it says she went away and ate something. See, I told you she hadn't eaten anything. Then she went away and ate something. And look at what it says. And her face was no longer downcast. There was suddenly her tears had turned to an expression of joy. She knew the Lord had heard her prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an amazing God we serve. And look at Hannah. What a star she is. Suddenly her expression changed. You can, you can imagine, right? Suddenly it's like a woman who's, who's in absolute agony. And the moment she delivers, you know, and the, the moment they bring that baby to her, you can see in a split second that joy, of, uh, I'm sure all your mothers will uh, remember that moment. You know, it's it's like that. that's what's happened to Hannah. She's received the word by faith. Moving on. Now it says, they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Again, so beautiful. Irrespective of what our situation is, brothers and sisters. Irrespective. You know, it's not that she's got pregnant right now. They've not even gone back. They worshipped the Lord. This is again, hats off to Elkanah. Every year he would come, every year he would bring his family, every year they would worship God. And this time I'm sure Hannah had a zing in her step. They worshiped the Lord, then they went back to their house at Rama. And Elkanah knew Hannah's wife, which is simply an euphemism for had intercourse with Hannah. And the Lord remembered her. It says the Lord remembered her. You see how often we see this word which says, remember me Lord. The Lord remembered her. Hindi, it says, you know, God looks at us and he remembers us, you know, and that is so beautiful. And it's uh, brother and sister, just quickly want to say the worship of Christ is our joy and privilege today and tomorrow and next Sunday and for all eternity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if you've seen this poster. We've not shown this poster very often, but it is there in all our books and everywhere. And uh, one of the things the Lord told us when we were starting Messiah Church, this was right back in 2003, Uh, we were going to launch the church next year and we had just begun gathering and we felt the Lord say that God is going to make us a multicolored community of worshippers. Hallelujah. Now, we never included that word worshippers in our um, vision statement, but this is something that we all agreed with. All of us knew. And that is why this poster is there. You know, this was a design that sami drew from his hand, the artist that he was. But there was one thing we felt, that people from all tribes and nations and languages will come to Messiah Church and we will use different instruments and different vocabulary and all of us will worship God. Hallelujah. I just want to remind you, it's been 16, 17 odd years since we, you know, felt that. And that is why this image is there. Very often we just take the logo. But this is the full logo. And uh, let it remind us that as a church, as Messiah Church, we are worshippers. You know, worshippers that the Father is seeking. Worship God in spirit and truth. Irrespective of what is happening around us. It says Elkanah and Anna and the whole family worship God. Amen. Moving on. And then comes the breaking news. 1 Samuel one twenty. Wherefore it came to pass. such a time it came. When the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a big round of applause? Amen. Amen. See how faithful God is. How What an amazing God he is. And I've not even told you the second half. That's, that's the sucker punch. Okay. But she names him Samuel. What does Samuel mean? Very very simple. L means God. And Samu means heard. God has heard. So she's saying, this is the name I'm giving my child. He's Samuel, which means God has heard or asked of God. And she's delighted. She says, God has given me a son. And God has heard my prayer. And that is what I'm going to call my son, Samuel. And then Samuel is born. And says, you have turned my mourning into dancing and you have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. I'm going to end this sermon with a short poetry of Hannah's. It's recorded in the Bible, by the way. So I'm just going to tell you her song that she sang to the Lord. Something in this effect. Again, the psalmist would write many years later. Now Now this is the second half. Okay. So first is, here was a woman who prayed and God gave her a son. But remember the vow? Remember the vow? Okay. The Bible says, don't make a vow to the Lord unless you can fulfill it. So this is what Hannah does. Few years later, how many years later? I'll tell you later. It says, she brings her child to Eli and says, sir, you remember I was the woman who had once prayed here. And this is what she says. He says, we prayed for this child and the Lord had granted us what we asked of him. Amen. Amen. We prayed and the Lord has granted us what we asked of him. Brothers and sisters, let's hold on to this word. Put anything that you want that you feel is on your heart in the place where the word child is. If it's if it's child you want, then put child. If it's a husband you want, put husband. If it's a breakthrough you want, put breakthrough. If it's healing you want, put healing. It says we prayed for this dash. And the Lord has granted us what we asked of him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That is the God we serve. The story of Hannah is the story of a mother who prayed. What a bold prayer coming from a woman who had gone way ahead in years. No child. And she said, Lord, the boldness in her prayer is she says, if you give me a child, I am giving him back to you. I am giving him back to you, Lord. I am coming into a covenant with you. And guess what? Oh, this will blow your mind. 1 Samuel one twenty eight. This is Hannah saying, Now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. So sweet. This young Samuel, how old is he? Scholars say he would have been anything, anything between two to five years. It's, it's a lot of debate. Some say, no, it took three years to wean. Some say, no, it is four But most would agree it is anything between 3 to 5. He's such a young boy. But look at Hannah. You know, today three people. Nikita, Jacqueline and Ashish. All three said this word, promise keeper. Remember, right? All of you said promise keeper, promise keeper. So often when we look at God, we feel he's a promise keeping God. Amen. And that is so true. But brothers and sisters, I want to challenge you today. God also wants us. To be promise keepers. Amen. If we have said something. If we have given our commitment to the Lord. Then we must step in and say Lord I will do it. What a story of a mother. She made a promise. Promise giver. And she honored it. She was a promise keeper. Anna was a promise keeper brothers and sisters. She stirs us and challenges us. To say Lord I have committed to give you. I am committed to serve you. I am committed to love you and whatever happens around us, we are committed to do that. Imagine what she would have felt as a mother, you know, bringing that small child to Eli who had not been a good father, by the way, you know, he's not been a good father. His, his two sons, Phineas and Obni are terrible sons. And yet Hannah is not trusting Samuel to Eli. Hannah's is trusting Samuel to the Lord. Amen. He says, Lord, it is you I am giving my son to. Now needless to say, Samuel would go and become an iconic figure in the history of Israel. He's one guy who would get the title, the kingmaker. He's the kingmaker. He's the one who anoints the very first king of Israel. He's the last of judges. He is Saul's mentor. He's David's mentor. He is a phenomenal figure in the Bible. You know, the first guy with two books to his name, one Samuel, two Samuel, he was a colossal figure, but here he's a boy, and you can imagine this mother parting from her only son at this point, you know, but look at God, now wait, I, I just want to say something, commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do, long after the mood you set it in, has left you, <laughs> okay, this is lovely. You know, commitment means, oh, you sometimes make a commitment. You say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is okay. And you're in a mood. You're in a typical mood. But What happens once the mood you said it in has left you? Commitment is saying, I said it. I will honor it. Hallelujah. I will do it because I said it. I gave you my word. Brothers and sisters, Christians will be recognized by their commitment. Amen. Our commitment to the Lord, our commitment to one another, our commitment to serving the community, our commitment to the church. God is looking for Hannah's. What an example Hannah is for us today. I love this. This is like a love story between a mother and a son. Look at this. It says 1 Samuel 2 19. Moreover, his mother, that's Hannah, made him a little coat and brought it to him every year. When she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. This blows my mind. Okay. So now every year they come to Shiloh, right? Every year. So now Hannah's left uh, Samuel and gone. She's not a doting mother. She's not going to come again and again. She she has entrusted him to serve the Lord. Now here is Samuel running around in the temple, cleaning stuff, putting things in place, this, that. And then comes that that the time of the year where uh, everyone comes to Shiloh for sacrifice. And Hannah comes because Hannah is not only coming to sacrifice to the Lord, she's also going to meet her son. You know, so exciting. And what does she do every year? She stitches a, a coat, a jacket for him, you know, because it is cold. And uh, she comes and she says, you know, try, try this out. And I can just imagine, you know, Samuel running and saying, Baba, where's my jacket. And then telling her stories, you know, the Lord spoke to me. Yeah, the Lord spoke to me and he said this, he said that. And I did this in the temple and that happened and this happened. And Hannah's telling her stories to Samuel. It's amazing. What a bonding this is. I don't know how long this went on, but it's amazing. It's a beautiful story. And this is what happened. This is where I'm going to end. Okay. See, this is what the Bible says. Give and it shall be given unto you. Doesn't it say that? Yeah, we all know, right? Jesus said this. Give and it shall be given to you. This is the underlining theme right from Abraham's time. You see, you know, Abraham was one of the first guys who gave 10th. You see Jacob giving 10th. Far much before the 110th concept came in the time of Moses. Jesus said, give, give and it shall be given to you. Hannah gave her firstborn. But this is what the Bible says. The Lord gave Hannah. Five more children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't believe me? Let me read the scripture for you. 1 Samuel 2.21 says, The Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Hallelujah. So the Lord filled her jolly with children. Amen. From zero to six. Hannah had hit a sixer. Hallelujah. You know, she now was, you know, not done, done babies. And people wondered, what's happened, Anna? What's happened, my girl? How are you, you know, producing one every year? How is this? And there the Lord blessed her. The Lord is no man's debtor, brothers and sisters. As you come into the season of prayer and fasting, I know we always call it prayer and fasting, but remember, it is praying, fasting, giving. Amen. We all are in a challenging situation today, but I want to encourage you. I want to really encourage you, give to the Lord. Because when you give, when you give, the Lord will multiply your blessings. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I have experienced that. Scriptures is ample proof of this. Look at Anna; She gave her child something that was most precious to her. Most precious, be it Abraham, be it Beat be it our father in heaven. They gave their best, their child. Uh, probably the one and only at that point. And Hannah gives her child. Abraham gave Isaac. And you see how blessed these people are. What legends they are. Because the Lord blessed them. The Lord blessed them. Amen. Brothers and sisters, there are six stories in the Bible of barren women. Six stories. Out of that one woman's name, we don't know. We know her husband's name. Her husband's name was Manoa. Uh, and so we'll call her Mrs. Manoah. So you look at Sarah was barren and then God gave her Isaac. Rebecca was barren. God gave her Jacob and Esau, by the way. Rachel was barren. God gave her Joseph and Benjamin. Anna was barren. God gave her Samuel plus five. Elizabeth was barren. Jackie mentioned about them. And God gave her John the Baptist. My friends, we have a God for whom nothing is barren. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah, we have a God who in the barren, in the wilderness, produces water. Hallelujah, the verse that says, you know, in the wasteland, he will bring streams of water. That is the God we serve. Psalm 113 verse 9 says, he settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, right? That sounds like an oxymoron. How is it possible? But that is exactly what happened to Hannah. A childless woman in her home was now a happy mother of children. Children, right? She had sex. Praise the Lord. Can someone say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Brothers and sister, this is a story of being cursed. From being a curse to coming to a place of blessing. Hannah experienced that. She made that bold prayer. And she even went a step above and said, Lord, I vow to do it. I commit to do it, Lord. I I know today it's time we don't vow. And uh, Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. But here it's not so much about the vow as much as honoring your commitment to the Lord. That's my uh, point. And I told you, this is Hannah's prayer. This is Hannah's song. She says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Hallelujah. What a beautiful, It's, it's a long song. I've just taken two verses, but you must read it. It's beautiful. That's Anna's prayer. Friends, sisters, let me end with this verse. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe. This is what Jesus said. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next Sunday, we are going to bring Jesus. Now, Jesus is going to come and we will look at four prayers over the next four Sundays of how people approach Jesus with bold prayers and how Jesus responded. Amen. Amen. Come, let's pray. Let's pray. I just want you to close your eyes. And you know, I just feel two things. First, I just feel there is someone here who's been barren for long. different reason, different reason, maybe not exactly with the child, something else. You've seen barrenness for long. And ironically, you've seen either your siblings or your neighbor or your family members prosper in that area. And it has hurt you. Probably they've hurt you. They've said words to you. They've taunted you like Penina taunted Hannah. And you've cried saying, Lord, why am I going through this? What wrong have I done? Why am I not seeing a breakthrough? I believe. The Lord is saying to you, make bold prayer. Make a bold prayer. Anna made a bold prayer. The Lord will say to you, come on, step up and make a bold prayer. And see, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to honor you. And I believe to some, God would say, give. Your blessing is behind the door of giving. The moment you unlock that door, you will see blessing come through. There are many reasons, You're reasoning in your head, why you shouldn't be giving, why you can't give, why you can't part with this, why you can't part with that. The Lord is saying, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Until you don't give, you will not see the blessing. For Hannah, her womb had six children. Six children. Yet she was barren. And then she opened the floodgates. She said, this is my child and I give to the Lord. I commit him. A razor bit was saying, Lord, I commit my child to be holy before you. And the Lord said, damn. Anna, I'm going to bless you. And not just one for one, but five for one. I'm going to give you five more children. And Samuel is anyways yours. Hallelujah. I just want to pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. What a woman Hannah is. What a story this is, Lord. Wow. Thank you. What an amazing God you are. Lord, as we come into the season of prayer and fasting, we pray that we want to seek you, Lord. In our anguish, in our bitterness, in our sorrow, we want to come to you and pray, Lord. We know situation. Around us is so challenging. All of us are going through such difficult times. But Lord, we don't want to grumble. We just don't want to blame someone. We want to come before you, Lord, as Hannah did. Praying from our hearts. Though our, Maybe no one's hearing our sound, but we, you see the heart, Lord. You would go on to say to Samuel that a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Wow. His mother lived it. Lord, we want to pray. We want to give you our very best. We want to come before you making bold prayers and believing that nothing, nothing is impossible with you. To you be all the glory, honor and praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen.